Welcome back to another great episode of Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Once again, thank you for joining us here at Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. Now let's introduce our host, Miss Miranda Kitterlin Lynch and Mr. Leon Thomas. How are you both? If my students hear this, they're going to send you a message and say, she doesn't accept Miss, only Doctor. Sasha said, Mrs. or Doctor, I'm so sorry, but you guys have a great show. Thank you. Miranda, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Here we are. Episode 10. 10 episodes. Wow, we are rocking on. I'm loving it. Thanks so much for being our my co-host here. I'm having just a great time with some really cool conversations. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to be a guest on Checking In, it's real simple to do. You send me an email. Again, my name is Leon Thomas. Send the email to leonthetrainer at gmail.com. Miranda, how do we get in touch with folks get in touch with you if they want to be a guest on the show? You can email me at ilmkitterl at fiu.edu, or you can simply Google me. I'm the only Miranda Kitterlin Lynch that you're going to find. There we go. Yes. Yes. And if you want to learn more about the Leon Thomas group, we produce this show. You can go to our website, theleonthomasgroup.com, or use the link that's on the screen. Type in a browser, infoco slash LTG, and can learn all about all the cool shows that we do like this one. Miranda, we have a very cool guest, very exciting guest with us today. Tell us about her. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that she has the time to be with us today because she is just a powerhouse, an incredible just force. Uh, not only is she on the, pardon me, not only is she a board director for DEI Advisors, but she's also the founder of the Women in Hospitality Leadership Alliance. So I am very excited to talk to Miss Rachel Humphrey today. Right on. Let's bring Rachel on the screen and we'll get this conversation started. Hey, Rachel, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Leon. How are you, Miranda? Hello. Nice to see you again. You as well. You as well. Yeah, all is groovy. Thanks so much for spending time with us here today on Checking in a Lodging DEI Chat. We're going to have a great conversation. Thanks again for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me and for all the great work you're doing and all the great conversations that you're having. It's been great to tune in and listen to the other episodes. Great, great. Miranda, go ahead. Yeah, thank you for your support. Um, I, it feels almost silly for me to ask you to share with our listeners who you are and what you do, because I feel like you're so widely known. But for anybody who um, could use a refresher, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's silly at all. I, uh, my kids joke that I'm internet famous, but I think it's in my own little world of hospitality. And so um, there are lots of folks I don't know and who obviously don't know me as well. Um, I am a retired trial attorney 
I spent um, a little over 20 years doing trial work in representing small to mid-sized businesses. And then I um, went to become an association executive in the hospitality industry. After that, I retired from there in um, August of 2021. And I am delighted to enjoy this chapter of my life, which is a combination of some nonprofit work. So I am an interview host and principal of DEI Advisors, along with my um, co-principals and co-hosts, David um, Kong and Leanne Elliott. And then, um, Miranda, as you know, as part of the organization, I had the distinct privilege of forming and founding the Women in Leadership Alliance, the Women in Hospitality Leadership Alliance, which is a consortium of 25 organizations that on their own are doing tremendous work in the hospitality industry and now collectively get to amplify that voice even louder. I love it. I am such a big fan. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your um, how how did the Women in Hospitality Leadership Alliance come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So last fall, I was um, taking a little bit of time off after retirement, well-deserved time off, I think. And it was right at about a time that there were a lot of um, significant public announcements being made in the hospitality industry for open CEO roles. And it was brands, management companies, associations. And I started noticing that each of those announcements um, was naming individuals who looked like the majority of the other CEOs in the hospitality industry and all fantastic um, leaders in our industry. I've known most of them for a very long time, but it started to feel like if we weren't going to see women, especially um, named to the CEO roles last year, then it didn't feel like it was ever going to happen. And so I reached out to some organizations that I knew well through um, partnerships and other things when I was working, originally thinking that I would volunteer some time Time. And in those conversations, I realized that um, they were doing very different things, but that, you know, we're at a time where human resources, financial resources are very strapped. And so I asked them if they might be interested in having a conversation together to see how we might be able to collaborate. And instantly we knew we were onto something that led to um, learning about and continuing to learn, honestly, um, up until this week of other organizations in the hospitality industry that are also doing great work to elevate women in the industry. And so it is just a, an incredible working group of fantastic organizations, all with the same end goal in mind, um, looking to collaborate to um, hopefully move the needle a little bit farther, a little bit faster, and see a lot more women, um, not just in the C-suite, but in hospitality leadership positions. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Now, now, as an African-American, I want to see more women in. And sometimes when I when I say that I want to see more women in, in higher level positions in C-suites and they go, well, people ask why, why, why? Well, here's why. When when women get in those positions and other other groups that typically aren't in them, it allows everyone to be heard. More voices are heard and it allows me as a black man, I can look and say, well, they were accepting of that female. They allowed th that person to have an opportunity. And so we need to make, make that happen. So I, I very much support what you're doing. Now, let me ask you, with, with DEI advisors, our organization signing on, making a commitment to do, to have certain number increases, or how does that work in terms of the relationship you have with those that you're working with? 
Yeah, so DEI Advisors is a little bit different. We are looking to empower personal success for the individual. So when David retired as the CEO of Best Western, he was the longest running CEO of any global brand. And his experience was that when he was being asked to keynote or to serve on a panel, that he was the only diverse panelist. And it wasn't because he was diverse. It was because he was the CEO of a brand who happened to be diverse. So he knew that companies and many of the major brands have already rolled out significant initiatives in that regard. We're going to be tackling it from a corporate standpoint. But he also wanted to see that individuals were doing all they could to be empowered, to grow, to be inspired, so that the collaboration between the individuals and the companies would again move that needle even farther and faster. So what we're doing is we're actually interviewing industry leaders from across um, academia, brands, owners, management companies, um, associations. And those individuals, those C-suite leaders are actually sharing their stories. So what was their path to leadership? What lessons have they learned along the way? What challenges do they still um, address or try to overcome? As Miranda knows, when she was one of our um, original guests on the show, we really just want to give access to that, um, those inspiring stories to everybody. I've been very fortunate in my career, as has David, to be on the industry conference circuit. And through that, you get to see and hear these incredible stories. But not everyone has that access. I've heard a lot of them one-on-one -on -one as well. And so now just getting the opportunity to interview people, to hear from them, to learn from them, to be inspired by them. They go up on our website. There's no barrier, no admission. I mean, our membership fee or anything else for them. And so it's really looking at it from the individual standpoint. You know, we all want to learn. We all want to grow. We all want to find people who are relatable to us and give us that kind of little last kick maybe or last emphasis that we need to get where we want to go. Um, so companies are incredibly supportive. They're sharing the resources with their networks. They're appearing on it to have their leadership tell the stories. Um, they're putting access to those resources on their portals. But really, our effort is to empower the individuals themselves. Yeah, and for anyone who's listening, if you haven't checked out DEI Advisors, I highly recommend it. I absolutely love watching the interviews. Um, tell me something. So. I, I feel like we hear about DEI all the time, especially in recent years. Um, surprisingly, someone who is an intelligent person asked me just yesterday, what does DEI stand for? And I thought, oh, huh, that's interesting. So maybe we aren't saying it loud enough. Um, has there been anything in your interviews, Rachel, that surprised you that you were kind of taken aback by? Oh my gosh, I'm surprised by something in every one of them, not just the ones that I'm doing, but the ones that David and, and Lan Elliott are doing as well. Um, you know, mine are more surprising as to um, challenges. So I am always very surprised when I hear leaders that I have known, that I respect, that I'm inspired by, share very vulnerably the um, obstacles they overcome. It might be negative self-talk. Maybe it's a fear of public speaking. Maybe it's um, you know, jobs they didn't get that they thought were setbacks for them or, um, you know, just getting a job to learn that that company was being acquired and they were going to be part of a different company. I mean, I, I think that 
it's always a surprise to me, like I said, to hear how relatable everybody's stories are. I heard one one of the very first interviews David did on DEI Advisors, one of the brand CEOs mentioned that he got fired from his first hospitality industry job as a teenager. And but for a champion, the general manager of the property who said, you know what, come back and I'm going to retrain you and we're going to start over again. Who knows where that leader would have ended up? So, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of surprises to me, um, a lot of people that but I think to myself, like, wow, I'm really surprised to hear that person um, doesn't like to be in front of an audience because they're so poised, they're so articulate, they're so brilliant at what they're talking about. Or someone that says, you know, I got invited to be on a podcast and I, I'm terrified of doing something like that, even though I've seen them speak at a conference maybe a lot of times. So uh, very surprised by a lot of the different content. But I think that that's what finds the relatable aspect and that vulnerable sharing. When people hear established leaders share those same challenges, I think that's part of what inspires each of us to continue to want to grow and to continue to want to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and when I made your introduction, I left out one very cool thing. Um, I'm not the only person who thinks you're a big deal, certainly. Uh, just last month, you were honored with an award, correct? I was. Yes. Uh, very surprisingly, um, GBTA honored me with one of their top 50 women in travel, which is a tremendous honor for me, especially at this point in my career. Um, you know, as I mentioned, being retired and not having um, the backing of an employer, not having that kind of day to day interaction with a lot of the industry. Um, I am incredibly um, honored to not just be recognized among a, a group of incredibly talented people, but for being recognized for the work that I'm doing to elevate women in the industry, which just is a tremendous passion for me. It's incredible at this stage of my life that I get to devote as much time to that as I want to um, without the um, the other aspects that go along from working, I was telling someone the other day that, you know, without the budgeting, without the leading a team, reporting to a board, all of these other things, it really frees me up to do work that I feel um, very passionately about. And I'm hoping that collectively we can all make a, a big change for the better. Right. Well, much congratulations. Yeah. Well, well deserved. Thank you. I, that, congratulations. You will learn I do not like talking about myself. And so thank you for that. But that's an area I am trying to uh, learn and grow as well. Yeah. I'm Leon Thomas with Miranda Kitterlin Lynch. You're watching Checking In, a lodging DEI chat. Our guest today is Rachel Humphrey from DEI Advisors. Rachel, let me ask you this. With the, the women that have been on the show sharing their stories, I don't know how much follow-up you've had with them, but how often do you think they're contacted by other, other women in the industry that want to do more, that are asked? to be mentors or any of those any of your prior guests or how does that work has that happened somewhere folks that are listening to the show watching the show reach out to someone and ask them to be a mentor that that guide that can help them make it to their the next level what, have you, what do you know about the, what's happening after the show yeah I, i'm so glad you asked me that actually because that was one of the things that has really surprised me about the show as well um part of it is the audience i you know i think in, intentionally we were really looking toward um, executives, uh, younger executive, younger in career, new to career executives who are looking to grow their um, personal 
um, and professional traits to be ready for those opportunities. And when I was at the lodging conference back in September, I was shocked by the number of other C-suite executives who came up to me to tell me that they had also been listening as part of peer-to-peer -peer learning, but then asked for introductions to people that I had interviewed. And I would have thought, because I travel in a, a similar circle, that they all knew each other. And so because I know we select our own guests, because I knew the, the guests that I had interviewed, I just assumed naturally that they all knew each other as well. So the ability to introduce women who are inspired by other women, not just in the mentoring aspect, but really just I would like that person to be a part of my network, to be part of my relationships. I've also had some people reach out and say, I wish I had known that person when I was much earlier in my career career, but I'd like to know her now because I think we may actually have similar, have had similar challenges coming through our careers. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Leon, with um, others reaching out and asking for opportunities, one of the things that I think is fantastic about the hospitality industry is I never hear people say no. I never hear people reaching out and somebody saying, I'm too busy or not being able to get through to somebody to really, you know, whether it's a formal mentoring or whether it's just, I'd love to meet you sometime and hear more. And so, yeah, that has been one of the incredible pieces of feedback that we have gotten. We've also had people who have been surprised that they have been asked to participate as advisors. The DEI advisors are actually the interview guests that, that we um, invite to say, you know what, I don't see myself in that role as industry leader, but once I was able to share my story, now other people are reaching out to me either within my company or outside of my company and asking me to share my story as well. So it has also had an unintended effect of helping those leaders further develop um, their skills, expand their networks further and continue to learn from other um, industry leaders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good to hear. Good to hear. That's incredible. Absolutely. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, one of my students was asking me last week about building her network. How does mm -hmm. she build her network? And I, I had advice for her, but I was wondering what advice you would give to someone early in their career, especially uh, uh, someone who identifies as female. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting thing, because I think that um, when I look at myself, I am somebody who is very uncomfortable walking in a room, even today, of people I don't know. I'm never going to walk up to a group I don't know and start tell them who I am and start talking with them. Um, and I am not the type who's going to be at the cigar bar at two o'clock in the morning. I don't golf. And so, you know, you kind of have to figure out who you are and what works for you. Um, I do very well. I joke that I'm like baby food. You know, you hear all the time, if you give someone baby food ten, or baby a food 10 times, they start to like it. It takes me really seeing someone over and over again to both um, open up to them and continue to develop that relationship. I think I'm genuinely interested in people. Um, I don't build relationships to get something out of it in return but I build relationships to get to know people, to learn from them, to maybe learn more about what they do. And in turn, that allows me then, when I do see something that um, I think would be a good fit to reach out to people and they answer the phone. I've used this example a lot in the last year, but when I reached out to those organizations back in November, they all answered the phone and and said yes to an opportunity I was asking about. When I reach out to do the interviews for DEI advisors, people answer the phone and they say yes to wanting to do it because those are relationships that I have built over a very long time. Um, 
if you ask others in the industry, they will tell you my my signature calling card is a handwritten thank you note. Um, when I was working, everybody I would meet, whether it was just for a split second or for a longer period of time, I would always follow up with a handwritten note. I would put my business card in it again, even if I had. Um, I, to this day, start getting them back as people are cleaning up their offices after COVID. And I'll get screenshots of, you know, I might have sent 10 to the same person over a 10-year period. Um, it might be thanking people. Um, you know, I think it's such a lost art in so many ways that that then makes me memorable to people, um, you know, trying to really figure out something in common with somebody, you know, whether it's I'm from New Hampshire, there aren't a lot of us um, in the industry. But when I meet someone who is, I genuinely want to know more or whether it's a sports team that maybe I rooted for. Um, previously, or a sport that I participated in in college, or children. I mean, I have two daughters. I have a 17-year-old and a 21-year-old daughter. I love hearing about people's kids. I love traveling. I want to know. I want to travel the whole world. So I want to know where you have been and why you loved it so much. I like wine. I want to know if you do. Like so, I. It it rarely is about work. Um, it really is just trying to get to know people, finding things in common, finding things. Um, and at the end of the day, I love to learn. And so the more I can build a network that helps educate me, and it may be educating me in something very small, um, but it, you know, or not related to work at all, or it may be educating me in something that I can use um, in leadership or for my career. So I think the more genuine you are, um, I spend a long time also trying to learn about people. So if I'm going to have a meeting, I make sure I know everything that I can about the people that I'm meeting with, not just to try to see if I have that similarity or something in common with them, but I want that I want to listen to them. I want to know who my audience is so that I'm talking to them in a way that's more genuine than just jumping on a call and trying to figure out what we're trying to accomplish on the call itself. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that. You're just so likable. <laughs> um, and I also have two daughters. Mine are only four and six. Please tell me that it gets better. Please tell me they're going to stop fighting one day. <laughs> oh, that, I cannot promise you that. But I have two seniors and I will tell you that I know everybody says how quickly they grow and how quickly the time goes by. Um, but it, it really is um, remarkable to see um, you know, they are four years apart, obviously, but uh, the, the, I don't know that the bickering ever ends. Uh, <laughs> the bossiness maybe never ends, but it's it's really incredible to also see the relationship they have with each other and how fiercely protective and loving they are of each other. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes. I have two children as well, but mine are boys. Oh. And they are 38 and 25. And my 38-year-old is in the industry. He works as a as a manager with bar louis oh, and the other son is a is a writer and an editor so see we're we're learning some about Absolutely. about each other yeah but rachel let's learn some more about you here's okay. what i know from what you said okay you're not going to find you in in a cigar in a cigar bar you don't golf neither do i mm -hmm. i've golfed once hilton head national first hit <laughs> 300 yards and then I didn't hit the ball after that. I had the golf cart duty after that. That's another story. So tell me about you. What do you do away from from this? What is you, 
what do you do? What are your hobbies? Do you do something to relax? Is there a sports team that you follow that we can connect with you on? Tell us some about you away from all of this. Okay. I don't golf because I went to the driving range one time and apparently my field hockey swing is likely to decapitate anyone around me. So um, I've also learned that golf, if you don't play, it doesn't matter how many lessons you take or how you try if you don't. And I have not prioritized time. Um, What do I like to do? Um, My daughters, uh, my husband are my number one priority. I love time with them doing whatever we can. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I love to travel. Um, For people who follow me on LinkedIn, they know I went to my 50th state earlier this year, which was not only Um, a lifelong dream of mine, but one of the things I'm most proud of accomplishing um, in my life thus far. But I hope that you will see me on um, airplanes and cars traveling the world as often as I can. I love the beach maybe more than anywhere else. Um, I like the sound of it. I like the sight of it. I like walking on it. I like sitting out on a balcony and reading a book or having a glass of wine. Um, where I can hear and see it. I like the sunrise and sunset over the beach. Um, Love eating. I'm a big fan of eating. So you're going to find me eating. Um, As far as, you know, hobbies and and pastimes go, I think I'm really starting to rediscover that at this chapter in my life. I think um, between um, working way too many hours, most of my two careers and having a family and a home and other things. Um, I, I definitely paid attention less. Um, that's one of the things I've really discovered in the last year. Uh, my primary focus in my retirement, other than um, what I'm loving doing in the hospitality space in my family, is to rediscover self-care. And um, for anyone who's heard me speak recently, I have some non-negotiables every day. Now I exercise every day. I walk my 10,000 steps every day. I do a short meditation every day. I get fresh air every single day. I'm love-hate relationship with sleep a little bit, but trying to get more sleep. Um, I'm hydrating. I eat three meals a day when normal humans eat every day. Um, So really trying to pay more attention to taking care of myself. That definitely fell um, badly by the wayside. I think that um, Many of us definitely struggle with that, and I wish I had prioritized it a lot more earlier. Um, I like to read. I like movies. I, I like a lot of stuff. Love being around my friends. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the value in taking care of yourself, and I too, that's one of my pandemic gifts, if you will, is I've reshifted my priority, my priorities, um, and. I'm very grateful for that, uh, but I wish I had done it before I hit 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm slightly older than 40. Miranda, I'll be honest with you. I think in in my headspace, um, I was going to be successful as a wife, as an employer, as a daughter, as a sister, as a parent, and all of these other things if I made sure that everyone else's needs were met. And I don't mean that in, in a way that doesn't feel successful or positive to me. But what I realized was that I didn't have to cut myself out entirely, that um, saying that, hey, I needed to care of myself, too, doesn't mean me instead of everybody else. It just means me in addition to everybody else. And so it took, the pandemic was a great jumpstart because I was still working at the start of it. And that meant traveling a lot less for work. It meant being able to go outside and, and take walks and sleep. And, you know, the kids weren't getting up at the crack of dawn for school because they were all living under this roof. Um, So there was just a lot less chaos, which opened it up, but really 
making it very intentional at this point. Awesome. I love it. Um, let me ask you, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but uh, in addition to taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Mm, I love this question. This is my favorite one. Um, and it's my favorite one because I believe that um, it's really important for us all to reflect. I think that's a big part of how we grow. Um, my, I tell my 21-year-old self today about self-care, to be honest with you, which is not the answer I would have given when I was working. Um, the answer I would have given a year ago was that everything is going to be okay. I think that um, you know, struggling with insecurities and other things, if I had known at 21 that I would find um, love and be loved, that I would be a good mom, that I would have not one but two amazing careers, um, that I would have my health, that I would find financial security, the things that, you know, everybody worries, and not maybe everybody doesn't, I think everybody worries about. Um, it would have been great to know at 21 that that would all, that I would be okay, and so I could just really focus on being present and um, figuring things out in that way, rather than worrying so much about what the future was going to hold. That's excellent advice. Thank you, yeah. Rachel. Thank you so much for spending time with us today here on Checking In, a Lodging DEI Chats. Great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Leanna and Miranda. And if I can just make a Quick shameless plug, if anyone would go to um, www.deiadvisors.org and um, www.whlalliance.org, see what all of these great organizations are doing, find resources, find inspiration, empower yourself, and um, learn a little something along the way. Right on. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Miranda, another great guest. Excellent conversation, huh? I only roll with the best people. <laughs> thank you both so much for having me right on thank you thank you let's go to our studio host Oren Stewart hey Oren how are you guys doing another great episode you all thank you all so much for joining us here at DEI checking in excuse me a logic DEI chat an amazing show you do not want to miss it have a great rest of your week take care <laughs>